Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. All right, now let's declare what we believe. All right. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now let's welcome up our lead pastor, Pastor Carl Thomas. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Thanks, Isaac. Hey, say what's up to somebody near you as you grab a seat. I am not going to miss the day when I don't have to wrestle with a mask. I don't know about you, but I am not going to miss it at all. I'm not going to miss the fear of coronavirus either. It's a funny little... How you guys doing today? You feeling good? You looking good? Anointing, the, the, the anointing was so great in worship, yeah? Yeah, band did such a great job. I want to thank you guys again. Hallelujah. Uh, Sawana, if you can hook the lights up for me, I would super appreciate it. Yes. If you've got a Bible, you can go ahead and turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to get there in a moment. <clears throat> I uh, uh, had such a great time last week in the presence of God. We got so many amazing testimonies in our life groups about what God did in service last week. Um, I, I, uh, I love the presence of God. I love being able to draw near to God. Um, I love that God is not just a doctrine, he's not just a faith system, not just a way of life, but he's actually a living uh, being, a living creator, a living God who draws us into relationship, Uh, and I'm just thankful that when we get together, we get to experience them together, amen? Amen. Amen. I'm I'm excited. Uh, Next week is our men's get-together. My life group is going to be meeting... uh, Instead of meeting online, we're going to meet at the beach. Um, the ladies pulled this off in a distance manner, uh, and we can be as distanced as you are comfortable. Uh, so um, lots of wind at the beach. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask, do whatever you want to do. Uh, I'll probably have a mask on just because I am scared of dying of coronavirus. Um, so we are continuing our message series, Sacred Space. Is that all right? Am I, can, I, can I be honest like that? Can I just be honest? I don't want to die of a meteorite. I don't want to get hit by a car. I don't want coronavirus. You know, I don't think I lack faith because I looked before I walk into a street. Amen. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think I think that Jesus is not able to protect me because I stop at a red light. I think that just kind of makes sense, right? Like, if I'm driving down the road and the light is red and there's cars stopped, I hit the brakes. It's not a lack of faith, right? It's like that's how I stay alive. And so when they tell me there's a deadly airborne virus, I put on a mask. That's just how I stay alive, right? That's just where I'm at right now, right? I'll pray, believe that the anointing of God can heal me, but I don't want to bother God with a healing I don't actually need, right? So let's just not even worry about the kids in Africa who are starving, and I just won't get coronavirus, right? Like, that's, that's my strategy uh, of honoring God 
is not requiring him to bail me out of my stupidity. Yep. So, amen. <clears throat> Where are we at here? Okay, hey, uh, at the end of service today, we are going to pray for everybody who needs healing or breakthrough. Um, I am uh, just, God is doing neat things in our community right now. Um, and uh, I, 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 I could talk a lot about that, but I want to teach you out of the Word of God as we focus on Holy Spirit. Ha! And, uh, and uh, we welcome His presence and His transformative life in this place. We, we're talking about sacred spaces. Uh, sacred spaces. And um, it's, it's, um, we all have a, a belief that some spaces are sacred in Christianity. Uh, uh, some uh, of older traditions uh, believe that there are actual physical spots on our earth that are more sacred than others. Uh, our friends in the Catholic faith would believe that certain things are sacred. And if you get around these things, uh, you're closer to the presence of God. They, they call them uh, icons. Um, and, uh, and it can get kind of weird, if I could just be honest with you. Um, there might be a, a saint who died you know, 1,500 years ago that they still have out, uh, thinking that the presence of God is still on his body. Uh, and there are, over the world, there's like the knuckle of a, of a saint and that they'll keep around and uh, creeps me out a little bit. If I could just be honest with you, I'm not actually into that flavor so much. Uh, other other uh, streams of Christianity, uh, what we would call the high church, they believe that uh, when you get three feet off the ground in the front of a church, that is sacred space, and that there's something more holy about this consecrated area than there is out there, and only certain people can go beyond the altar to minister, kind of in an Old Testament concept where only the high priest could go beyond the altar, uh, and they minister between you and God. So that area is sacred. Other Christians believe if you go to Jerusalem, uh, you will go there and there will be sacred areas there or uh, certain churches uh, all over the world. And uh, as spirit-filled Christians, uh, we honor that God could meet you anywhere. Uh, we honor that God could meet you in the journey to what others believe are sacred spaces. But we believe that true sacred spaces are created by faith. Amen? Amen? They're created by faith. And there's no man-made thing that God has to honor. Faith actually comes from God. Um, and, and we recognize, and this is what's so important about our, our text, is that we actually are the temple of God. And I'll go into that in a moment. But <clears throat> when we are filled with the Spirit of God, those of us who have experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, we contain the very God that we worship, which can blow your mind a little bit. Uh, there's a concept of this in many churches where they'll say, you're the temple of Holy Spirit, uh, therefore you can't get a tattoo. And I'm like, right idea, wrong application. Right. right idea, wrong application. If we take that too far, then you shouldn't comb your hair or use makeup, which I say, do, please. Uh, if you read, if you go into any temple uh, ever in history, you'll see they're ornately decorated. And so if we think the natural temples are ornately decorated and we are a representation of a earthly temple, then you would have to say we should be completely covered in decoration. Uh, I'm not, you know, you don't have to do that either. Those of you who love uh, tattoos, there's your license right there, I suppose. I think there's something a little more deep going on than whether or not what your skin looks like. 
uh, when we talk about being the temple of God. What we're actually saying is there is a space that has been set aside, or the Bible term is consecrated. There is a space that has been set aside for God that He comes and dwells within by His Spirit. That is a temple. It's not a temple if the Spirit of God isn't there. It's just a building. It's just a container. What do you do with that container? I have uh, Tupperware containers at my house. Uh, some of them are old, and I use them for gardening. I don't eat out of them, right? There's, you know, that's, that, those are dirty containers. We have other containers that sit in the cabinet uh, and get used rarely. Then there's those special containers that you bring with you to Thanksgiving dinner. You just happen to have a set of them in the bag as you show up, knowing that something holy is going to be on the inside of them that later that night. You've set them aside as for the special purpose of bringing home the, the sweet potato casserole and the, and, the, and the turkey and the gravy. And, the, and the, if you're Italian, you also have a lasagna and a ham and a sausage and, uh, you know, and various greens and, uh, you know, uh, collard greens and all kinds of things that you eat in a multi-ethnic household. You bring them home like, ah, oh, this is holy, right? Those containers are different than the ones holding plants you're hoping that will sprout at some point. It's a holy container because you're using it in a special way. And so when we are a temple for the Holy Spirit, when we're set apart and we honor what this thing was made for and we keep the inside clean so it can contain the Spirit of God, then all of a sudden where we bring it, there is the presence of God. When you look at those, uh, uh, those, those Tupperwares in your fridge after Thanksgiving, you look at it and you're like, that's all I need for a special meal right there. And it's like, it's all ready to go. And when you are set aside for God, all of a sudden you are a revival waiting to happen because within you is a holy vessel which contains Holy Spirit. And whoever gets involved with it's on the inside of you all of a sudden gets to take part in life. That, that is, that is, that is, that is this special relationship that we have through Holy Spirit where we carry the presence of God wherever we go. We, we literally are ambassadors for God. And, and as we look to God within us and outside of us, we, we learn from Him. We, we see Him. We see His nature. We see who He is. And when we have this Spirit of God on the inside of us, this is super important for us Spirit-filled folks, we learn new things about God and about life through the Spirit of God. We look at things a little differently. So maybe you grew up in a, in a house with a racial animus. Maybe you grew up in a house where women weren't valued. Maybe you were, grew up in a house where a certain ethnicity was not honored, and then all of a sudden you get saved and you get the Spirit of God on the inside of you. I was watching Christian TV the other day, which is not something I do a lot, if I could be honest with you. And there's this guy on I didn't quite understand what he was doing and why he was doing it. I'm just going to be honest with you. I was like, I'm just, I'm just watching it. My wife's like, why are you watching this? I'm like, people send him money. Like, that's how he's on TV. Like, who, who's channel surfing and thought, I'm going to send this guy money. Like, I'm just, but I'm just watching him. And I didn't exactly connect. He wasn't blaspheming. He wasn't one of these weird guys. But I didn't quite get it. And so I'm wondering, why do we connect, shall I say? Why do I even, why would anybody even look at this? He's doing a musical style that isn't necessarily my musical style. He's talking about stuff. I think he's being a little, and I'm just like, what, what is it? What, what? And I'm like, you know what? 
this guy has had the same experience I've had. That's why I feel like this is weird, but you know, I don't flip past you know, the, you know, a, a foreign language station and think, wow, that's weird. I don't, I don't flip past you know, the Hallmark Channel and think that's weird, even though it is. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, my wife's watching This Is Us, and I don't come in and say, why would, why would you cry at a TV show? I don't get it. This doesn't make any kind of sense, right? I, I'm like, whatever. Okay, I might. Uh, but, but when you watch Christian TV, and you're like, we have, we have a connection with these people, and that's why we can be embarrassed from them, because you're embarrassed of your own family in a way you're not embarrassed of other people family, right? Because we instinctively know these people are family. Like, they have had the same experience I've had. They, we are connected because we're all connected to the same God. And I, I get angry about what some people are doing these days in the name of Jesus, not just because I think they're wrong, but I'm saying you're talking about my family the wrong way. Wait, when we get the Spirit of God on the inside of us, we're all of a sudden connected. And so if you, if you maybe grew up with this animus and, and then you meet someone who's maybe of a racial group that you didn't grow up close to or they lived a lifestyle that you didn't quite understand and all of a sudden you find out, oh, wow, you gave your life to Christ. Wait a minute, you, you got the Spirit of God on the inside of you. You're like, man, we're connected. Like I see past this thing, this other lens that I grew up with because I now see through this lens of the living God who has love, who lives on the inside of me. And as Pentecostals, we have to value how we learn about God through our experiences. Don't let anybody rob you of that. Don't let any, any false um, fundamentalist theology rob you of the ability to gain knowledge through experience with God. I just had my anniversary. I took my wife on a date, and I hope she learned something about me on the date. That's why I take her on dates. I'm a, I'm a husband who wants you to be happy, who wants to spend time with you. I, I want to have romantic moments with you. I want, that's, that's part of my character I want you to learn about through experience. And our God wants us to learn through experience. We learn through experience in worship. We learn through experience in reading the Word. We learn through experience with God about how he views things. And we start to understand, is, is, this, is this making sense? Hallelujah. And so we have to value that. We read the Bible for the information. We read the Bible to gain knowledge, but we really read the Bible to learn how to recognize God in life. This, this, is, this is the main reason why we read the scriptures. So we can be transformed by them in a way that we see God all around us. Amen. See, <clears throat> Religion doesn't want you to encounter this experiential God. Religion cancels you and your experience. Jesus empowers your true voice. Jesus empowers your true voice. Amen? Jesus tells you, hey, guess what? You matter. Your experiences matter. What you understand matters. What's going through your head matters. And I have created a life of experiences for you to speak about my nature in a way that nobody else can. Religion doesn't do that. Religion says, hey, get in this box. Follow these rules. All that matters is these things. And if you memorize these things and you do these things, that's all that matters. Whereas Jesus comes along and says, hey, we have been crafting your story all along. My spirit lives on the inside of you and I'm taking you on a journey of discovery of me and discovery of the world around you, discovery of yourself so you could share my goodness in the world. Jesus empowers your true voice. That's why dead church, religious church, can't be multi-ethnic, can't be uh, men and women, 
There has to be a singular controlled voice. I'm always like, Why, where, are the, where are the women on stage who don't sing? Can't they do something other than be pretty on announcements? What's, why, what, what, what is, where is the threat to different voices? Why, why is there a threat to different viewpoints? What, what is that? We have such an amazing God. Okay, let me, let me just keep moving on here. See, the devil wants to shut you up. The devil wants to choke you of your voice. Uh, the devil, and the way he does that is he makes other people threatened by you. And so they got to shut you up. Oh, that's different than me. That's, that looks different. That sounds different. Uh, uh, that, that's not how I heard God. And you're like, well, I, you know, it lines up with his word. And, you know, see, what people don't get, what their religion doesn't get, <laughs> what, 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 what just religious function without Jesus doesn't get is that Jesus actually made you how you are on purpose. He, 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 didn't, he, didn't, ma- he didn't mess up when he made you. You weren't an accident. You weren't a surprise. He actually knows what you've been through. And he didn't say, hey, I know you had a a rough childhood and you have to completely change so you can be my witness. No, no, no. He's like, I know where you've been. I got something for you. See, what the the world doesn't get and, and what religion doesn't get is that Jesus loves your spirit, your soul, and your body. I'm going to show you how this matters in a second. I'm going to show you how this matters in a second, but I want you to get this. He loves your spirit, soul, and body. He doesn't just love the heavenly you. He loves all of you, all of it. Okay, let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 22. The writer to Hebrews, to the the Hebrew believer says here, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Leave that up for a second if you would. I want you, wow, I want you to see this. Hallelujah. Something, someone's going to get something good today. Someone's going to get touched by the Holy Ghost in a new way today. All right, I want you to get this. Watch this. Let us draw near. Now, this is, this is, this is the, the writer <clears throat> telling people, talking to a people who are used to dead religion, that doesn't honor who I am, only how I can serve God, right? Here's a religious form that you had to fit into as an example that we're never going to measure up. We have to fit into this form. You as an individual aren't as important, right? Watch this. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Now, faith is a spiritual gift from God. It's a spiritual fruit that comes from God. So this is a spiritual phrase. So in our spirit, full of faith, we're assured. We are assured we can come close to God because of our faith, because you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, because you've accepted him. Now, all of a sudden, your spirit man can come close to God. And he's like, hey, don't let there be any spiritual fear. You can draw near to the holy God. Having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. See, the devil lies to you and says that what's going on in your heart that's ungodly is you. But when you receive Jesus Christ, you're actually, your heart has been sprinkled clean. (laughs) Right? So you're not living, you don't have to live like, oh, I can't believe I did this. Oh, I can't believe I did that. Oh, I can't believe I thought that. Oh, I can't believe I thought about that. No, no, That's, that's the enemy whispering in your ear. That's you just focusing on the wrong testimony. That's not really who you are. That's who the enemy, that's who you were. 
That's like, that's like you're getting mail at your old house and you keep going to get it, right? And so the water bill shows up and you think you've got to pay it. You're like, but I don't live there anymore. Y- y'all hear what I'm saying? I never once went to my old house to get the electric bill to pay it. And so here you are, bills are coming and you're like, oh, wow, I really did do something bad four years ago. Oh my gosh, I can't believe. And he's like, um, no, the blood covered that. That's not even yours. That's not where you live anymore. That's not your heart. That's not your heart. See, Jesus actually loves your soul. Not, oh, I hope I can be good enough. You never will be good enough. Jesus Christ died on the cross so you can get in. Not, not so you could be good enough. Let's not, you know, let's not get confused. If you can be good enough, you don't need Jesus. And I need Jesus. Right? I need him every day. All right? Sprinkle, wow. Mm. Sprinkle clean from an evil conscience. And our bodies were washed with pure water. Now, when you got water baptized, all of a sudden you came up out of that grave holy. You're like, well, but I messed up in my body. But, but did, you, did you alter the form of your flesh in the sin? Did you all of a sudden grow a third arm or, you know, a, a second neck? No, no, that's, the same body is there and it got washed in the waters of baptism when you got saved. That's, I mean, you're like, oh, but I got angry at my kids. Did that, did that negate the waters of baptism? Was that all of a sudden stronger than the baptism that Jesus commanded us to come up and go down in death with him and come alive with him out of the waters? See, anytime you believe that you are the enemy, you're never going to get close to God like you want. If you think that you are the enemy and the enemy is not the enemy, then all of a sudden you have, correct, you have created a wall of separation between you and God. And there's already somebody working full time to build that wall. He doesn't need your help. He's called the devil, right? And so if you think, oh, it's just my flesh is the problem. No, your flesh ain't the problem. That, that ain't the problem. The devil's the problem. Oh, it's just my evil heart. No, it's actually been sprinkled in the blood. That ain't the problem. Oh, my spirit. I just need to get closer to God. He actually lives on the inside of you. The, the lie is that you think he doesn't, right? The, the, the enemy is the enemy. Let's focus on who the enemy is. And it's not you. It's the devil. Amen. Now, listen, I want to be out of sin completely. I don't ever want to have to repent of sin again. That would be wonderful. Uh, but right now, I'm, not, I'm focusing on my connection with Jesus Christ. If I follow him minute by minute, not thinking there's some sort of division between us, then I get to walk with him. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's just keep, let's, let's keep uh, digging in the word here. Let's keep, let's keep, let's, let's just go in. Let's, let's, let's just stomp the devil's head and his lies. Come on, somebody. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence. Let's say it together. Let us draw near with confidence. Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and grace in the time of need. If the devil can make you think you don't deserve to go near, then you don't get that grace and mercy that you need. How are you going to get through that situation? By God's grace and mercy. But the devil says, but you're not worthy. Oh, you can't go to God. Oh, look at your evil, whatever. Let it, like, why would he tell you to go there in the time of need if you had to not have a need to go there? That don't even make any sense. That's like, don't go to the ATM unless you have money. Like, I'm going to the ATM for money. (laughs) That don't make any kind of sense. So I go to God for grace and mercy because I can't live this life without him. Like, but you you ain't worthy of it. You didn't earn it. I know, and I can't. The only way I can get it is from him. Does that make sense? Let us us seek God in the the day of need. Amen? Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Okay, here's what I want you to know. 
you come alive in sacred spaces. When you encounter sacred spaces with God, this is where you actually come alive. You don't come alive through your own effort. You don't come alive uh, through your own um, knowledge. You don't come alive like, oh, I'm just going to try harder. You come alive when you touch God. This is how you come alive. Amen? That's not what religion wants you to know. You just come to our church. Be happy, clappy. Go home. Right? That's it. That's it. No, 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 no. We encounter God. This is what we do. We encounter God. Amen? Hallelujah. See, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. We're continuing here in Hebrews chapter 10. I'm sorry, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. See, if we, we hold on to this, like this assurance, this knowledge, what have all oh, God didn't come through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe because we left the path. Maybe because we didn't hold on to what he promised us. Maybe, maybe we got distracted. Maybe, maybe, maybe we thought we couldn't come near to him and we failed so many times. Why get up again? And he said, no, 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 no. Hold fast to the promise. Hold, hold fast to the confession. There's something interesting here. He says, when you hold fast to the confession, hmm, it's almost like the enemy's trying to steal your words, trying to steal your voice. The enemy's trying to steal your voice. Things that you have sacrificed or you have, you have somehow forfeited your voice because you aren't God. Friend, you're not God. Friend, you are not Jesus. Friend, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be perfect like Jesus, but I ain't Jesus. And when we mess up in our mind, when we miss that opportunity he gave us, when we come up short of what we were supposed to do, when our flesh and our soul rises up and doesn't glorify God in that choice, all of a sudden we think, ah, ah, I, I've, I've, I've sacrificed my, I've, I've forfeited my testimony. Those of you who minister in, in jail, uh, there's two kinds of people in jail there's, who are Christians. There's those who feel like, you know, whatever they do in jail doesn't count because they're so disqualified. Then there's those who think whatever crime I do doesn't matter, and those people keep going back to jail, right? And, and, and the, it, there isn't. I remember ministering in jail to a, a brother, and he's like, well, you know, I've I got a Bible study starting in here, and, uh, you know, several people got saved, but you know what they say about jailhouse conversions. I'm like, yeah, all of heaven rejoices. That, that's what they say about <clears throat> that's what they say about jailhouse conversions. Like, just because people found out they need God doesn't make their finding God any less valuable. That makes you smart, right? Like, I, uh, if you don't find that out there, where are you going to find it, right? If you don't find it in the midst of your marital struggle, I don't know when you're going to find it. If you're not going to find it in the midst of your financial issues, I don't know where you're going to find it. You know, if you don't find it in the hospital bed, I don't know where you're going to find it. Like, man, my spirit can become bankrupt, you know, and that's when we know we're deeply oppressed by the devil. Our soul can get bankrupt, and that's when we're in the pit of, of, of self-hatred and self-disqualification. Your body can become bankrupt, and you find yourself in a hospital. At any point, God will use that as a crossroad. And the people that you come across in your day in life when they hit rock bottom, you hold on to your testimony in the midst of their struggle. You speak that hope. You speak that life right into their situation. You're throwing them a lifeline like, I know where you're 
where you're at, I have a ladder for you to get out of that. God heals the body. We see it so many times. He heals the soul, delivers us from the pit that we find ourselves in emotionally. And of course, he heals us spiritually. He brings us into salvation. And this is what people need. And they think that they're disqualified from getting the very thing God wants to give them because they need the thing that Jesus paid for. That doesn't make any sense. Let's run and hold fast to our confession. See, when religion steals your hope, I want you to fight back with your testimony. When religion steals your hope, I want you to fight back with your testimony. Hey, well, you know, the, 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 no, 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 no. I know who Jesus is. I mean, I'm not where I want to be right now. But if I look back over time and I see where Jesus has brought me, I see the trajectory is not down but up. Now, I mean, in this moment right now of my journey, it may not be up. But when I look back a year, three years, five years, it's definitely on the way up. And as I give my testimony of what he has done to me, it reorients me on this path of going up and up and up in Jesus. Is that, does that make sense? Is that, that is trajectory of my life. And you need to vocally give that testimony. Remember, the enemy's trying to steal your words, trying to, trying to keep you from speaking your testimony in other people's hard situations, speaking your testimony in the midst of your attack. Wow. Speaking your testimony in a way that changes the world around you. He wants to steal your voice. Doesn't want you to operate in your authentic voice. Wants you to speak the words of doubt, the words of destruction, the words of depression. But Jesus has given you words of life. And he's working in your life right now. When you begin to give your testimony, you create a sacred space right there. When you give your testimony, your words go out. They just kind of change the atmosphere around you. And when you are just by yourself and you begin to talk about what God has done in your life, you will sense the atmosphere shift. And once you get a confidence in Jesus Christ, hopefully you'll get that right now. And you give that testimony when somebody is within sounding distance, when they can hear you, even in the midst of their struggle, as you give your testimony of how God brought you something, all of a sudden you invite them into the sacred space Amen. with you. All of a sudden, it's not just, well, you got to figure this out on your own. All of a sudden, I have released a spiritual reality around you that Jesus Christ does rescue today. And the Holy Spirit of God is here to pull you out of that pit. All you got to do is come into agreement with what I'm saying about God. You don't even have to believe what I'm saying happened to me. You just need to believe that God can do it for you. Amen? Amen. That is our good God. And that is the grace he's given us. Amen. I, like so many people in the Bible, my life, I, I mean, I thought I was right with God, thought I was in a relationship. Well, everybody's in a relationship with God. Sometimes it's just a bad one right? Like the whole world is in a relationship with God. They don't know it's a bad relationship, right? Like, like if, if you're married and your partner is abusive, you're, you're both married. You're just in a bad relationship, right? We want to have a good relationship. Stop abusing God with your uh, faithlessness. And so, yeah, it's not God who's the bad partner. Right. It's the person who's not being a good partner, being faithful to his covenant. And, and, and so, you know, I, I have, I have, um, God came and rescued me, and I have discovered that those who will believe the testimony of Jesus Christ, don't, you don't even have to understand everything. You don't have to be taught the four spiritual laws. You don't, you don't have to be given a chart. All you have to do is put your faith in Jesus Christ. 
And I would be remiss if I didn't right now give you an opportunity to put your faith in Christ. If maybe you're away from him and uh, you haven't been following him, I want to reorient you from your behavior to your heart and just turning your heart to Jesus. Do me a favor, every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to pray for you very quickly for those. Uh, I just feel this uh, kind of urging at the moment for those who maybe you're away from God right now. Maybe, maybe, maybe you never uh, have put your faith in Christ or uh, you have, but it's been a while or maybe the road has been rough and it's time to kind of go at it again. And I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not even going to call you to stand. I'm going to call us all to stand in a moment so we can pray together. But uh, right now, I just would, um, yeah, I would just ask, uh, you know, just, just pray, Father. You know, I, I have been away from you. I have not been connected to you as I would want. And uh, I recognize my need for you. That, wow, you have something that I need. And I feel it emotionally. And uh, wow, I feel it spiritually. And uh, you, you, you may even feel it physically. And what I would ask you to just pray is, Father, just forgive me of my sin. Wow. And come into my heart. Let's all just say that together. Let's repeat after me. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Teach me your ways. And I'll follow you. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. If you did that for the first time today or you rededicated yourself, uh, we have a connection card we'd love you to fill out just so we can send you some information. Um, stand with me if you would. I want to pray for everybody. Finishing this, uh, this, this scripture very quickly, your testimony, your testimony creates a sacred space. And when you gather with other believers, a, a sacred space happens. When you come in, in, in the midst of your prayer, you create a sacred space. In the midst of your giving, you create a sacred space. In the midst of your serving, in the midst of your gathering. Verse 24, he, he finishes it with this, talking about how we are holy and we get to be the temple. Verse 24, let us consider how to work up each other to love and good deeds. This is literally, he's saying, okay, now that you know that you are holy, now that you got that worked out, what do you do with it? Is it just about you feeling good? He says, no, no, now we need to shift on how we help other people. What, what do we help them? We, 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 we live in a way that other people will love more and practice good deeds. 25, not forsaking our own assembling together as some people do, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The day he's talking about is the return of the Lord. The great and terrible day of the Lord. And so he's saying, listen, when you get this assurance, there is a, can you put that verse up, verse 24? When you get that assurance, sometimes we can uh, make the mistake of thinking, well, I'm good. I'm good. It's just me and Jesus and as long as I feel like we're good, I'm good. And the writer here says, listen, it's, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about other people. This whole thing. And how do we know that we're walking out this Christianity correctly? How do we know we're on the right path with God? And don't let your confirmation be all you. It can't be about your feelings, your body. Your, it can't just all be about you. Are you living in a way that you provoke other people to love more and do more good deeds? Do you do, how do you do that? Well, we gather together. We serve one another. 
We love one another. We are generous with one another. This, this is how we demonstrate that we are the temple. We come together in this sacred moment with other believers to learn, to equip, to encourage. Amen. There is a sacred space when you gather with other believers. There's a sacred space when you gather with other believers. Those of you who can't join us physically, you need to be a part of the online campus. You need to be a part of the community. You need to be serving. You need to be generous with your finances. You need to be encouraging one another in the chat. Those of you who aren't homebound need to get together and not forsake the assembling of the saints. Why? Because it is a demonstration of your Christianity. Serving one another, being generous with one another, loving one another. Amen? 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 Yeah, we need that. We need that. We need that. We could do it smartly, but we have to do it. And so if you've been saved for a while, you're like, I'm not sure what the next step is. Hey, make sure that you're right with God, spirit, soul, and body, and then make it a purpose to encourage other believers to love more and to do more good works. Join a serving team. Don't wait. Like today, fill out a connection card. Join a serving team. Commit to God with your finances. When we don't remember where God brought us from, we lose track of how we got where we are and where God wants to bring us. It's it's easy to think that I am where I am today because this is where I've always been, but we can start to think that I deserve the blessings that I have, my finances, my business, my family. And when we forget our testimony, we start thinking it's about us. Time and again, Israel lost their testimony, and in so they lost their inheritance. When you lose your testimony, you forfeit your inheritance. We need to remember how important the church of Jesus Christ has been in your walk. We need to remember the sacred spaces that he invites us into. You need to remember that he has made you holy and that the devil is a liar. And you could tell him to shut up and go away. And you could tell him, I'm not listening to you anymore. La, 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 I'm not listening to you. I'm made holy, and you take that confidence. And you bless someone else. You bring someone into this atmosphere. You sow into this atmosphere with your serving. You, you encourage other people around you in your life group. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, give it up for the word this morning. Yes, Shabbat. thank you, Jesus. Shabbat.